That'd be nice if they started paying me. <coughs> anyway, so where do you want to go from here? I do want to hear your story. I don't know where, to, where you want to start, though. No matter, man. Um, How far back do you want to go? <coughs> uh, <coughs> well... How far back do I want to go? Um, where I know the very beginning. The very beginning. The back very, in, very beginning. <laughs> back when we were eight. Oh. <coughs> Start at the beginning. Let's hear it. Okay. Right um, it's been like I mean, even before like, I knew you, like um, I know, like my that was my dad's first child, my mom's second. Yeah. Um, and my dad, like, I don't know. I mean, he went to Bible school, and like, he was he was ordained minister. And I didn't know that. I, I, yeah, I, I, no one knows. I don't know how many people know. Oh, that, like he, yeah, he went to Bible school, and like he's got like he did all that stuff. Um, he used to do revival. I think he did some revival meetings and stuff like that. Like, um, so what I'm saying is, he was like he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and like, yeah, you know, he had all that, and. Um, I know my, you know, my dad talked to God. Um, my God told him, like, hey, you know, mom, that's your wife. Of course, my mom, he told my mom that he, God said that, and I kind of freaked my mom out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, unless they got married. But I know my, I know my dad was praying, like, praying for me, uh, you know. And they say um, that I came out speaking what like, not like not like 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 sentences or all the words but like when I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I was like six and started praying in tongues like they said that the way I pray in tongues is the way that you came out I came out speaking whoa I've never, never heard any of this That's um, really... it is strange anyway um, yeah but like from a very early age like I had just so many times like I almost died like yeah. almost drowning, like two years old, and you could say it's part of his people not paying attention. And, but like, I think I counted it was like seven attempts. Like the time I was like, like, wow. like I almost drowned like three times. The time I was like three or four, yeah. um, different things like that. And so it's just like you. It's crazy, man. <laughs> um, but so I mean, I was I was you know saved. I was like six, I think, and filled the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues and um, even at an early age like going out um, go through Walmart cashier lines and I'd feel like this come, I'm going come up on me and I had to ask people if they knew Jesus and they went to church I'm like 8 years old you remember doing that? yeah wow like 8 That's years cool. old like going through cashier lines like hey like where do you go to church at? yeah like, I don't go anywhere well do you know Jesus? like and it's like I always had this felt this desire to do that yeah. Um, you've always been very bold. That's another character trait. Like, you've, I don't know, that God's put in you. You've been, you don't care. You don't have a fear of man, I don't think. I, I mean, I struggle with that. I don't get it that. Because I really, I really struggle with that. Like, yeah. Um, but, like, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're good. You're eight, eight years old. Yeah, you're so I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Like, um, and everything, you know, was, was good. Um, and then turn into a teenager and, you know, you know, experience, you know, the pornography and things like that, you know, that kind of derail a young man, if you will. Yeah. Um, Me too. Anyways, listening, 
It's a lot of people, a lot more than you realize. Well, the statistic, the statistic about that is that one in every one in, one in every four men have a porn addiction. I would have said four in four. <laughs> like seriously, man, it's it's crazy prominent. It's it's crazy. And the thing that's the worst about it is, um, I would almost prefer someone to have sex than with pornography because pornography is so dark because that's the whole concept of you're by yourself in a room and you can look at whatever and it just leads to more and more perversion and then it's so shameful because it's just you and like if you have sex with somebody there's someone else there that you're accountable to like yeah but when it's pornography it's just you and demonic spirits and it's a dark dark place and then you don't even and because it's you and it's dark and it's so shameful that you don't realize everyone else is dealing with it. And so that's why I think it's so prominent is because there's there's so many closet porn addicts, I think, because you hit, don't... Man. It's yeah. hit, um, That's why I wanted to throw that out there that I struggle with it too because it's... I think it should be brought to light that so many people... That most people... I really feel like most people is probably th- three out of four, I would think, because... I just feel like people don't admit to it because they think they're the only one or that and then on top of it or they think they're the only one like well mine's worse than this other person's right mm-hmm. it's dark stuff it's, man it's, it's real dark it's the way the enemy works man like he, he, he he'll like get you to sin yeah and then like he'll trap you there in shame yeah yeah yeah. And you're like, so he keeps you there because, well, if I, if I confess it, a lot of people think this about me. Well, you don't know if that person probably struggles with the same thing you are. Yeah, yeah. And, but you could set each other free in a, in a way, but you're you're being held there by shame, and so you're going to keep doing it. Yeah. And, like, just like with any- I mean, seriously, is it like, uh, one thing that I struggled with about it, too, and I'm going to say, I don't know if you ever but, like, I actually had, and when I actually vocalized it to another guy, he said, I've done the same thing. But there were times where I literally sat there looking at pornography for like four hours. Yeah. I mean, four hours in one sitting. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is insane. I don't even watch TV that long. I mean, that's that's like two two movies in the movie theater. And, but like, I thought I was, I thought my, until I actually said that and the guy I said it to was like, oh yeah, I've done that too. It's like, I thought, I, I was certain, like, Okay, other people might struggle with pornography, but they don't do that. But it's like, yeah, there are other people out there that do that. And yeah, it's... So, I mean, even when you realize, oh, other people struggle with it, it's like, well, no, mine's worse or something. But it's like, no, it's all... Everybody deals with... I I shouldn't say everybody deals with it. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a good thing, like, to... That people are need a good awareness to bring forth because I don't know. It happens early too, man. Like the devil, yeah. he, the devil that's the thing. Like I, the devil doesn't care if you're five. He doesn't care if your children are five or three. He's going after yeah. them. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't like yeah. his morals. Like you know, in war, like you know, we don't hurt children, but like you know, they're, they're armed. You go after those guys. We don't hurt. We don't hurt women and children and our men. We don't do that. But like yeah. the devil doesn't care. He wants you to be unarmed and he wants you to be a child and he wants he doesn't care. Like that's what he's yeah. after. Mm-hmm. He's less. He's less. He's. I mean, someone who knows how to use their weapon, like he's going to go after them still. But like, they're a little more prepared. Yeah. As a yeah, kid, yeah. like as a kid, like if you're not aware of what's going on, he's he's coming after you regardless. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's weird, man. But like, I can remember as a kid, like, I being two or three, and like, I remember just one instance, man. It was weird, like. 
little kid crawling like that's crazy your memories go back that far I know <laughs> just, yeah, just say it like <laughs> my mom had babies baby, babysit this other kid like I don't know I can't remember how often but she did him it was regular and I remember like it's weird like his I remember his mom came in like and like she was like wearing a skirt and stuff and like I was you know she didn't care I was a kid but like she didn't even know what I was doing but like I like crawled between her legs and looked up like like as a, as being a three year old like yeah yeah like it's different things like that like yeah yeah and that cut I me mean, that creates if nothing else it creates a little imprint on your mind probably and I, I remember it yeah um but so I feel like even from like an early age like stuff like that was like happening in me. Yeah. And like, I didn't know, I mean, you know, I didn't, as a three-year-old, I didn't know anything about it, but like, yeah, yeah. You get older and you start looking back at different things and it's like, huh. Like, yeah. Especially when you look through the eyes That's of like weird. Jesus and like, and like what he did and like what you can be free from and like how it's supposed to look. Yeah. Like, man, that was the devil, man. I didn't even know it was the devil. Like, he was, he was, he was after me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know what you're talking about, man. Like, as a kid, like, in homeschool, like, <laughs> I guess like, a, you know, like, Sex was always something we talked about like in a productive way. Yeah. And so I, like, I was like, curious. Yeah. I don't know about it, you know? So like mom had like these old encyclopedias, so I'd like flip through encyclopedias and I'll look at different like see what, yeah. I, could, see what I could find. And then like Yeah. Then we got the internet and like Oh the internet. Dude <laughs> I was, like I couldn't wait, like my mom and my sister would go grocery shopping and I like, couldn't wait for them to leave because I'd be yeah. by myself and I'd like spend like the whole time and like I'd hear a little car and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no, it's not them. Okay, I'm going back. And it's like, like, and it always leads to something worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there's the pornography and there's, the, you know, the masturbation. There's, and it can always get worse. Yeah. Um, because the way God created things is that everything has a seed and everything bears the fruit. And the fruit has a seed, so it just repeats itself. That's why a lie gets a lie because it a lie has a seed in it and it bears fruit and it brings out a lie and a lie yeah. and a lie and a lie and same thing with like people that are molesting children it didn't start because like all of a sudden they're like hunky dory for kids they you know maybe something happened to them yeah or, you know they didn't take care of the small desire and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and before you know it like they're yeah hurting kids yeah but anyway yeah um. So, you know, as a teenager, struggling with that, um, being homeschooled, like, you know, I don't know. I don't always recommend homeschooled people. Um, yeah, it's no offense to homeschooled, but there's a lot of weird ones out there who have yeah. no social skills. And I don't mean that's not, yeah, like, yeah. you're home with your parents. And, like, that's, that's Most, what Most, a lot of them don't have social skills. That's, yeah. that's you know, it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that I have the best social skills. I was homeschooled, too. But that I did I did hear someone make that point one time too though is that maybe it was Sean Bowles I was listening to I don't know it was somebody and they said that we're saying that every child's in you know individual too so like you know some some children you have maybe you want to homeschool this one and then the next one well maybe you want to put that one in public school they actually like pray over each child you have and see like where would God want me to direct this yeah yeah because I went to kindergarten at a public school yeah and my teacher recommended that she homeschool me. Really? And so I was like... Uh, do you regret being homeschooled or no? Or just... In some ways, I don't know. In some ways, yes. And in some ways, no. Um, ultimately, I look back at my life 
like as a whole yeah and like I can see the way God used because he's so good like that man like he takes everything that happened he we use it for our good later yeah and so I look back like I have a heart for, under, for underdogs for the, like the outcasts and those who like don't really like yeah not the popular kids yeah um I, those are the kids that I relate to those are the people that I like have a heart for not that I hate rich people or I hate like the popular people but like yeah. I just I can identify more with the underdogs um but like you know you're like you're my best friend growing up like and so like I was homeschooled, you were homeschooled, we had that common, like, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. We had each other. Um, and then my parents moved to Delaware. Yeah. And, like, I know nobody there. Yeah. And um, for a while, I started going to this church, we found this, you know, church and a youth group, and it was, it was fun, but I was a new kid. Yeah. And once the new kid vibe were off, like, and I was still homeschooled, and they all went to school together, it was like, that all changed oh, quick. yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of like on my own. Yeah. Um, but, um, so it was there, it was there until I graduated from high school. I was went there like when I went there, like I was in ninth grade, something like that, 15, and I moved back. I was almost 18. Yeah. So I was almost 16, I guess. So it was like a year and a half we were there, whatever it was. But like, you, know, you started going to public school at that time. Yeah. Um, well, then I was in the private school. But well, by the time you Probably. came back, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but like, <laughs> I wanted to fit in so bad, like, but my senior year of high school, um, and you guys were here and we were up there, yeah. But you were still like, like one of my best friends, so like, yeah. But we, didn't really, I mean, we really didn't talk when you. No. Were, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, that was back at time too, when like it was. I mean, I don't. Remember, I. I don't know that I had a cell phone. Maybe I did. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like it. I don't know. You really didn't, especially home calls. You didn't make long distance calls. That's for sure. Then yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't remember. But that's another thing, guys. So you guys aren't gonna call and chat it up over the phone anyway. So no. uh, yeah. Like I think the whole time I was up there, like. My parents one Christmas paid for me to fly down here and see you guys. Yeah. And that was cool. Um, but that was like probably the only time I saw you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but, we came up there once for a short. Trip. Oh, yeah, we saw yeah. the horses or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But even that seemed real short. I don't know. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like isolated up there. Like I made a few homeschool friends. Like they went to my church and they were homeschooled too. So we like. I, you know, we hung out on weekends because they were homeschooled and they didn't have any friends and I didn't have any friends who hung out. And it, was, it, it worked and God used them. It was awesome. Yeah. But like, I still, I just wanted to fit in. Yeah. Um, I wanted to have friends. And so we came back here before that, like, I um, kind of sought this opportunity to go to Africa. Run yeah, I and so like, the whole that whole summer was crazy um because like we i graduated in like may uh my senior year and we came down here moved like right after and then like i was i left in june to go to africa and i was gone all summer yeah but while i was there man like i like i encountered god in such a deep way like 
it was amazing, man. Like, go out on the rooftops in Africa, like, in the middle of the night, and no one's out there. Everyone was top of just praying and, like, worshiping, experiencing God. Or I get my Bible out, be by myself, no one's around, get my Bible out, and just start writing, like, getting notes at the time. What you did with, you know, the Almond Tree book or whatever. Yeah. Like, you get these notes, and, like, Holy Spirit's reloading stuff to you. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. It's awesome. That's cool. But, like, I came back here, and, like, I was different. Like, I, when I was there, I realized that God cared about every aspect of my life. About what the music was to, about what I watched, about what I did, long hours. Like, he cared about all of that. And I got scared. Because, like, you were, I mean, you and Abram so were hanging out, and, like, it wasn't like we were living for Jesus, you know what I'm saying? So I was like... Yeah, when you when you moved back to Tennessee, yeah. when I came back here, is that what you mean? Or when you yeah. came back from Africa? When I came back from like, that summer, um, you know, you and Abraham started the band. Uh, yeah. And, the like, there wasn't, like, a whole... Well, I when would, was I, that? Was I going to Leah at that time? That was 2008. Was I going to Leah at that time? I don't know. Right? You would have been... I probably would have had to... No, I kind of been 2008. No. No, sorry, 2004. Yeah. 2004, 2008 was a different time. 2004. Yeah. Um, I don't know which band this was with Abram. It was, just, it was just you and Abram, really. You played bass, he played guitar, and, oh, okay. and you would record at the coffee shop down the street. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably when I was still in high school. Yeah, I think I you were think like a senior or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but, like, I knew, like, it was different. Yeah, like, yeah. And I didn't want to be different. I wanted to have friends. I wanted to fit in. Yeah. And so, like... After several months, like... Yeah, I don't think I was a very good influence at all. I was not. Well, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> it wasn't your fault, but, like, it was crazy. It was, it was like, last... It was a couple months ago, man. I was reading my journal from, like, Africa. Yeah. And, like, I specifically prayed for you. Really? I was like... Thanks, thanks, man. Dude, like, he's got his loss, and he needs, he needs, like, he needs healing in his life, and these different things. And I was like, man, I was praying for him then. Like, it's crazy. But then I came back here, and, like, I just wanted to fit in. I didn't want to be an outcast. I didn't, I didn't want to be different than everybody else. And so, like, I, had, I made a decision. Like, not actively, like, here's my choices, I'm gonna do this. But, like, I kind of I started hanging out with other people, you know? And I kind of put that on the back, backside. Yeah. And before I knew it, like, it ground cold, you know? And then, like, I'm involved in relationships I'm not even involved in, doing things I never thought I'd be doing. Um, and it scared me. So I moved up to Delaware to originally get, to get away from it all, I moved back on my own. I moved kind of get away from it all and kind of separate myself and kind of, and I don't know, I wasn't thinking, like, <laughs> I didn't have any friends the first time I was there, well, I was gonna have friends when I came back. Yeah. But I went up anyway, because my youth pastor was up there and I really liked him, um, you know, and it was fine for a while, but I was still isolated and alone. And I met, like, this this girl at the, the pizza shop where she worked or whatever, and like, she became my friend, like, and I, but she drank and they, and she smoked and stuff. I was like, well, that's what I, you know, if I do a fan, that's what I'll do. It's fine. Yeah. And so that's what it did. I sold out. Yeah. But God's made me in such a way that, like, I don't do things. I don't, like, just smoke one cigarette. I smoke my packs. Like, I don't, like, just drink a little bit. I drink oh, a yeah, lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just right. go at it. Yeah. And so I threw myself into it, man. Like, you're, I, yeah, you're extreme. Yeah. And then I came back here and like I moved back because you know needed a better job and didn't like it up there anyway. Yeah. And we're hanging, we're hanging out, and by this point you were, you were going to Lee. Yeah. And so we, you know there was, you met Mike and, and uh, Scooter and Harry and all those other guys. Yeah. 
And so then, like, I was drinking and then, like, discovered drugs and stuff like that. And it became, like, this just rabbit trail. Like, it just... Yeah, that was a downward spiral, that whole thing. It was weird because it was a downward spiral for all of us. Like, Mike, Michael, like, I mean, I, like, it seemed like everybody that we were friends with when everybody first went to Lee, nobody was really that bad. But then it was like every single one of us kind of just went down this tube and the drugs and drinking and all went down together, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird. And then, you know... Because I wouldn't say they were bad people or a bad influence, necessarily. It was just kind of like we all were bad influences to each other all at the same time. I don't we, know, it was weird. It's like we encourage each other to do worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so there's, there's all kinds of dark side to, to that, that time. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, like, like you guys are like my brothers at that, at that time. And I, and I, enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed the camaraderie, I did. Yeah. But, like... There were so many times, like, I could have, like, almost died. Yeah, I, I know. There were a lot. Well, there's one where you basically did. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Um, like, that night was crazy, dude. Um, kind of, Mike and I kind of, like, just, I mean, all of us a little bit of pain pills and stuff like that, but, like... Yeah. Um, my mom, this is the time when I was kind of screaming with drugs and getting hardcore, a little harder into it. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think I ever necessarily got into the drugs as heavy because I just didn't... I remember, I remember trying the pain pills and I didn't like them for some reason. Like, yeah. I just... They always made me nauseous and I just didn't... I didn't like the feeling of the... I don't know. I mean, I sure drank really heavily, though, but... But yeah, I remember you and Mike somehow... I don't even know what... Yeah. I stole them from my mom. Okay. I, I stole yeah. a bottle. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, she she said she didn't like it made her skin crawl and stuff, and she she didn't want to she didn't take it over. And I was like, well, you know, so I took the whole bottle. Yeah. And then me and Mike were like taking them, and she like several days later she found out what happened. Yeah. And she asked for it back, but I was hanging out with Mike at the time and I was already kind of messed up. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> she like she Sorry. comes to get me. None of this is funny. I'm just thinking about that night because I remember the night and we'd let you drive to Waffle House. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, like, it was nuts, man. Like, yeah. she, like, she comes to get me and I'm at Mike's dorm at um, Medlin there. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to bottle. I'm going to pull bottle back. So I just, I, I just took the cap off and then dumped whatever's, whatever's in the bottle. I went by down. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you took the... So I get back in the car. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything. Yeah, because you came and you picked us up at Medlin after that. And then Medlin Hall at Lee... Um, we were all at the dorm, me, Abram, and Mike, and then we got in the car with you, and like I said, we let you drive us to Waffle House, <laughs> like, in the state you were in. And so we get to Waffle House, and as soon as you park, you say, how do we get here? And we are like, what? <laughs> we're like, what's going on? We're like, man, he should not have driven. But, anyway, yeah. But apparently, my mom, my home, like, I pulled a knife on her. Oh really? Like, yeah, I and mean, like yeah. you're not just because you're, like, you're not going anywhere, you're staying here. Like yeah. my dad was out of town. My dad was like in Colorado or something, doing a job. Yeah. And so like, I apparently pulled my phone around. I didn't have my sense of stab her, but like hey, you're not gonna keep me here. It's yeah, yeah. House. And so she's like, fine, here's your keys. So I got in the car and I went with you guys and yeah, I vaguely remember puking. I started feeling yeah. sick. Yeah, we we sat there, we talked for a while. I mean, it was just normal waffle house. We just went to go smoke and talk and then. Uh, you had the Volvo, 
car was a stick shift. Me and Abram, I still know how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> and me and Abram couldn't drive it. Um, so, yeah, you ended up puking. Um, and then you, because you were like trying to get out, you were trying to go puke outside and you ended up puking on the floor. And then you slipped and like, because you slipped in your own puke and fell in your puke. And then I just remember me and everyone and Mike were just sitting there. They were like, what is going on? Like, we're like shocked. We're like, oh no. And then, so Mike got up and it's because he could drive sticks. So he drove you to the hospital. And then mm-hmm. me and Abram stayed, cleaned up the puke and then walked from Waffle House to the hospital. And then, um, I don't think we even got to see you that night though. I think by the time we got to the hospital, it was kind of like all... They had you back somewhere or something, so I don't think I don't, we even I don't really remember that. I remember Mike being there for a minute. I'm not surprised you don't remember. Yeah. And the next, I, I remember like people asking me questions at times. Yeah. But I just apparently went to my mom, like, because they you know, said I had to go read, I had to go someplace. Yeah, then they took you to Chattanooga, right? Yep. Yeah, um, and that's when they weren't watching your levels or something? Yeah, like, yeah. it was weird. I was, because you, you told me in the text that, hey, I talked a little bit about your experience. And I reminded that, so Kel was like, I didn't know that happened to you. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I told you. She's like, no, I don't remember anyway. And so I was like, yeah, so here's what happened. And so I told her, I was like, so I'd overdosed. I, took, I think I counted, I ended up taking, it was like 13 Xanax pills. Like, yeah. And I found out later that Mike had already taken nine out of there. Like, he stole them, he was going to like use them for, during the week. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that. It's like, thank God he did that. Because if, if he wouldn't have. Yeah. I've been nuts, man. Like. Yeah. So apparently, I told my mom like you can't take me to this place because I don't remember saying this, but if you because if you do, I'll talk you out of it and I'll be back where I was. So they, I woke up that morning. I don't know. They put me in handcuffs, put me back in the cop car, and took me to Chattanooga. Um, I don't remember much about it. I just remember checking in, going to my room, sleeping. They woke me up at like four or five o'clock in the morning to take blood. Was this at the hospital? No, this is at the. De- they call it a detox center. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's there for like a week. Um, and so I just remember, like, they walked me out of this hallway. It was still dark outside. And then I, had, I guess they set me in a chair to take my blood. And that's the last thing I remember. Yeah. And next, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I can't see anything. I, like, as long as I'm looking at my body from above, like, I, I can see people are trying to wake me up. And I can hear them trying to wake me up. But I, I can't respond. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Like, I remember you telling me you had an out-of-body experience in that, in that you were look, watching your body and watching people. And I couldn't do anything about it. And then I started waking up a little bit when, like, they put, were, put me in the ambulance. And yeah. then apparently went there to the hospital to check for, like, heart damage and stuff. Because apparently my, my blood pressure had dropped to, like, 40 over 11. Yeah. Um, um, and so, they come, you know, I come back and I ended up having to spend the rest of time there. And um, we made, like, a... After that, like, kind of, I think it scared everybody for a little bit. Like, like yeah, like, yeah, I think all of us for a while, like, it was yeah, clean yeah, yeah. clean edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then we built that tree house. Hey, let's not do drugs. You know, let's build a tree house. And said, what, what do, what do silver kids do? <laughs> build a tree. I don't know. It was awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Yeah, and, yeah, I have a question, though, about yeah. when you were out of your body. Yeah. Did you care? Like, what was the feeling? Like, was it just kind of the almost apathetic feeling you had towards your body, or? I don't really remember, honestly, man. I, I don't, I... Because I remember feeling that when that happened to me, um, when I went to see Michael and stuff, and I, you know, I had that 
experience too where I was but I was kind of like in the corner of a room or something it wasn't like I was above or below necessarily it was kind of like I was in the corner of the room but I remember seeing my body and just kind of thinking like well that's pathetic like just kind of like not really having an, not necessarily feeling like I had an attachment to it or something it was really kind of strange I don't know why I remember kind of that weird feeling too I didn't know if you had the same I don't I don't remember like what I was feeling at the time yeah I just remember like they're trying to wake me and I can't do anything about it and I, I can't respond yeah yeah um but anyway I and you know I make about like running the clean edge for a while and yeah it didn't last too long no it didn't like <laughs> you know like, I, was, like, I can't even remember how long like, maybe a month I don't know. yeah maybe a month yeah it was like maybe a month and like I, me and Mike one day like started you know, grab a six pack or something like that and that was it it was over yeah um but like, and things got really, really bad. Like at that point, like it got to a point near the end where like I just didn't care anymore. Like, like I would take pills. Like, like if, my, if this, I'm gonna take this many, and if it makes my heart explode, it makes my heart explode. I don't care. Like, just whatever. Yeah. Like it was miserable, but like I didn't know what else to do. Um, yeah. But like, and that's the thing. Like I look back, and you guys are great friends. But, like, there were some things that I did that, like, I look back and I was like, man, like, my, 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 my strong desire to fit in, like, was bad. Like, like. I wouldn't say we were great friends. So well, I mean, like, I'm going to let Abraham hit me in the back of the knee with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, remember like, that. I, 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 don't, I couldn't walk. I, I, I limped for, like, a week. What? I don't. I don't think I was there for that one. I, I don't know if you were or not, but like, because I drove drunk. Like I drove from Memphis oh, to his house okay. drunk. So it's kind of this is penance. Yeah, and I was like, that was what was going to happen if I drove drunk or anything. And so I was like, yeah, yeah. He like he hit me back of the baseball bat like three times. And I was like, I couldn't walk. I, I that night I didn't feel it. The next day I, I went for like a week. Oh my goodness! I, like and it was like just stuff like that. Like. Yeah, just like, to fit in. Or just to fit in, like, and then I feel like I had his reputation of like being like the guy that like just crazy cra- do crazy stuff. Yeah, and so like I just pushed him. That's how you know me. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do crazy stuff. Like, yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah, because I thought that's how they like me as a crazy guy. So that's what I'm gonna be. Yeah, and in some ways, God made me that way. I don't know that that's why we liked you. That's no, just kind it's of who not. You were, but yeah. that's the way the devil. But that's kind of. That's kind of a, a little bit, I think, of your personality, too, though. I mean, like you said, you're just extreme, in, in a sense, yeah, too, so. But, like, you know. Which is a good thing for God. Like, you go, you're one way, you go real hard drinking, and then now you're going 100% for him, you know. And, and I, I talked to God about that, you know, because, like, that's what I'm saying. God can take everything and use it, but, like. Yeah. So I was saying is, like, my, my desire to fit in. Yeah, almost cost me everything it almost cost me my life um mm-hmm. and it wasn't like I, I knew I had known for a while was like kind of what was happening but like um I realized like when I was reading and talking about you are the light of the world like you know a, a city on a hill cannot be hidden you know people don't put a light or a, you know, light a lamp and put a basket over it and they don't you know they don't tell what they do um and People will see, you know, shine lights so people will see your good deeds and glorify your God in heaven or yeah. your Father in heaven. And it's like, for a while, I, I guess I felt like it was kind of growing up to like, 
I thought shine a light, shine a light in it, like doing good things. Like, but that's not what it says. It says you are the light. Yeah. And so what? And so like, shine a light is not something that you do. It's just something that you are. You are the light. Yeah. And when you're doing good things, people will see it. But what I'm saying is, I realized at that moment, like, I spent my whole life trying to fit in, but he made me to stand out. I'm supposed to stand out. Yeah. Because I'm light, not darkness. Yeah. I spent most of my life trying to blend into darkness. Yeah. Instead of standing out as the light. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, and that actually, Lindsay, that, yeah, the card I read to start off this whole part of the podcast, Lindsay, she said that. That's always stuck with me, I think. That is one of the best ways I've ever heard it put, too. She said, you're not alone, you're set apart. And, like, so to not blend in with everybody, like, that's sometimes that makes you feel really alone, but to realize that it's not that you're alone, it's that you're set apart. Like, that's what being holy is. It's Mm -hmm. being set apart, yeah. And so, you know, um, but things began to come to a head. I had a mom that was praying that God made me absolutely miserable in my sin. Yeah. And so he did. It, I mean, it, he did. He really did. Like, I moved yeah. away to, to Atlanta with my brother for a while, and everything fell apart there. And I came back here. Um, yeah, that was the whole crazy thing, wasn't it? I remember that got, that got really crazy. Yeah. Didn't it? Um, he like, got, it was like, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, you don't have to go into your, yeah. the whole thing with your brother, but I, yeah, I remember that, that whole the whole scene like that you were involved in doing the valet parking for famous people and stuff was really really dark too yeah really, I mean a lot really of twisted. a lot of money doing it but like yeah. God took it all away quickly yeah um and I think some I don't know I have my own thoughts about the way God works I mean people always agree with me but um what do you mean well I just mean like I said like it's okay for me to ask that or no, yeah, I'm good, okay, with that. Yeah. I'm good with that. I feel like um, people can take either way too far. Like, but I feel like we had we kind of mentioned it once before when you came to the like, Your Testament youth group, but like how God would rather is limp into heaven than go full bodied into hell. Yeah. And like, I feel like the devil. Like, he offers us, like, the way they offer to Jesus everything. Like, you can have treasures and, and wealth. And, like, I'm not saying that God doesn't want us to have good things, but, like, the devil offers it because he says he's a seducer. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he doesn't, like, he's not coming out of him. I'm going to give you to hell, so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, he's not straightforward with it. Like, he yeah. offers you things that look good and feel good. Yeah. Only to trap you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes God will bring destruction in order to wake you up yeah no no I completely agree I wasn't sure if that's kind of what you were talking about that's why I wanted to ask the question because I completely agree with that but I feel the same way like I don't think I I don't know I feel like there's a lot of things I think that most most a lot of people I'm around would kind of disagree with and I guess the, the circle you could say that I'm in would disagree with um but that God will break you man it will it will break your back he <laughs> will and I don't think a lot of people like to hear that but the other thing too is to actually pray that prayer like I said of praying that prayer to partake suffer loss of all things mm-hmm. and stuff and I mean I've prayed prayers like many times for God to just break me and bring me to my room to bring you to the end of yourself 
Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really what it's about. And yeah, and he'll, he'll do stuff like that. And it's not always pretty, but it is to even, like you said, in, in times of living in sin, I think there are things like, yeah, disasters that will happen as a wake up call. And, um, and I guess something, I guess where most people that would disagree with me is they would just, I don't think they would disagree with that idea. They would probably disagree with the the phrasing of it where I would say God does it. They would say that God allows it or something. But I, 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 I wrestle with that because like, I just, I, I, you know, something God is good and you see like him healing Jesus healed everybody. He's what said. He healed all. He, everyone was brought to him. He healed them. Yeah. And then you're like, but like they read the Old Testament. Like he wasn't like he wasn't so chill with that stuff. Like I mean, he sure he healed people, but like he brought destruction on the Israelites because he loves them. Like he it wasn't like the devil was like, hey, is this let the Assyrians come in? Oh, like yeah. God, like I'm gonna send them, I'm gonna send the Assyrians in, man. They're gonna they're gonna take you out. I'm gonna send them. Yeah, yeah. I'm sending them. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And where I don't, like, I do, it is weird, like, because, I mean, I don't want to say, well, he doesn't allow it, but it's like, I struggle with that phrasing, too, and I don't necessarily know why, because it's like, it's a lot more comforting, I think, people for to hear that, oh, well, God allowed it, or something, but then, to me, sometimes it's almost not comforting at all, because it's like, it, I, I don't know, it, and there's this whole, like, I, it makes me think of the, okay, so talking about like bringing destruction or something and just there's this whole the, the passage you probably know what I'm talking about of David where he he wants to number the people mm-hmm. yeah and so you have yeah. the, the account is in 2nd Samuel I think it's, yeah I think 2nd Samuel and then the other account is in one of the Chronicles probably the end of 1st Chronicles or something yeah and so you have one account that says I'm pretty sure I think it's 2nd Samuel says God moved David to count the people and then the one in Chronicles these could be vice versa they might have mixed up then the other one says Satan moved David to count the people so you're like which one is it and it's like is it Satan or is it God and it's like both like Satan's his little pawn like don't yeah it's I don't know it's it's weird because like I can't remember where it is man I can't remember where it is I wish I could I can't remember where it is but God is God is wanting to take somebody out, and so they're in heaven having a conversation, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's... Who, who will who will take care of this?" He sends and, a lying spirit, and, and the angels are like, "It's a trick of her outcome," and, and he's like, well, "How would you do it?" Yeah, I'll, I'll... it's the end of First Kings. It's Ahab. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take him out like this. I'm gonna do this to him. I'm gonna be a lying spirit in all the mouths of his prophets, and yeah, he said, and "Go like, do it." What? Like, yeah. but like, if you look at God, like God would never do something like that, but like he just did. It's yeah, yeah. His ways are so profound, and for someone, it, it, that, that's what I mean. I feel like okay. I do want to clarify that with this talking about this, like not to paint God in a bad light. At yeah, all. like it's, he is love, and it's but he inhabits eternity, and so his ways are so beyond our ways. His thoughts are beyond our thoughts. So you really have to take that into consideration to understand that those acts are actually loving. Um, like to the one example I like to use is the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah like a lot of, you might lot, some people might think that's cruel for God to completely obliviate and annihilate a city and it's like well God first of all he sent a light into that town Lot was a righteous man it describes Lot as a righteous man he basically told the people to repent he was a light living in that city they came to rape the angels he said no don't do this and they refused him so it's like 
he had a light in the city that they wanted to snuff out, first of all. So it's not like it was unjust. And then the other aspect of it being loving for him to completely destroy that city is like, because now they're a signpost to the rest of humanity. Like, mm-hmm. if, he, if, that, if you hadn't have done that, then we'd, we'd all become like Sodom and be like Gomorrah, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. Because we wouldn't know any better. And, and, that, and that, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I feel like, like, I, I talking to people at work and like, asking people who need prayer, and I feel like so often, like, our view of what is good is based on how it affects our flesh. Yeah. Like, I just want to have a good life. What is a good life? You know, I'm having, like, nice, nice stuff and like, having a job and, like, being healthy. And like, I was like, but yeah, I mean, but, like, and God is like, I'm not after your body. I'm after your soul. And yeah. if I have to break your body to get your soul, then I'll do it because I love you that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I, I, like people don't see it that way. They're like, like, because they, they still view themselves as their earth shell. Like, well, I am who my body is. But like, the way I look at it is, like, well, at what point do you stop being you? Like, if I cut your legs off, are you still you? If I cut your arms off, am I still you? You still have a body. Like, yeah. what, what point do you stop being you? Because you aren't your flesh. Yeah, yeah. You are. You have a spirit. And that's what God's after to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like... Yeah, that, but it's in First Corinthians. He said, deliver this one up to Satan to the destruction of the flesh that his spirit might be saved. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And so, like, I people may not agree with that, but, like, I feel like... I mean, I had, like, one point when I was working in London, I had, like, $2,000 in cash sitting in the back of my car. Yeah. Like, this is the valley. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I, was, dude, I, was making, I know. You were so loaded. Dude, I was making, like, $30 an hour. Yeah. Yeah, where did it all go, man? How come you didn't put that in a savings account? Dumb, dude. In a college account. Because don't talk about money, man. You're so irresponsible. I was irresponsible, dude. <laughs> but like, I look at it like, and one thing is in, uh, is, is it Malachi? No, it's not Malachi. It's Amos. I can't remember. It's one, it's one of the Old Testament uh, prophets, I believe. Um, it's God talking about it. He's like, it's right after we came back from from Babylon, they're starting to return. Okay. And they're, and they're, they're like Malachi. Yeah, and they're and they're building they're building their house. They're oh, this Haggai. Yeah, Miss Haggai. Haggai. Yeah. And it's like, see what you turned out to be little because you're focusing yeah, on and my house remains important. And like I blew it away. Yeah. Like uh, and I was like You put your money in a bags with holes, I think is one thing. Yeah, like to see you. what you what you thought would be much turned out to be little. Yeah. Because my house remains in a ruin. Yeah. And like our body is his house. And if he has to break that house in order to yeah. get it rebuilt properly, like, so be it. But, like, he loves us that much that he'd rather us, like we just said, like, limp into heaven than go healthy into hell. Yeah. And so, like, I think it is love. But I had all this money, man. And it's like, it turned around. Something was breaking on my car. I was like, oh, there's $1,000 here. And then, like, then my brother, like, gets arrested and I can't live there anymore because he got involved with some bad dudes. And, like, he's like, you can't come back to Atlanta. Like, they'll kill you. And it's like, so I, I lost the income, and then all of a sudden the expenses kept coming. And yeah. I was like, okay, like, so I lost all the money. You know, I had like stacks of cash. Yeah. And I lost it all. Yeah. And then I come back here, and like, I'm getting a job, and I'm working, you know, whatever. But like, I'm doing drugs and living this the life, and like, completely and totally miserable, man. Like, exactly my mom prayed. Like, yeah. I would make me so miserable in my sins. And it got to that point, like, Near the end, like, I would go to the gas station and buy 40s and sit in my car and my driveway by myself and just drink. And I was like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. I'm not even enjoying this anymore. Like, I'm miserable. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And, like, 
<clears throat> someone invited me to like a freedom fellowship a couple times. So I've been a couple times. I knew it was a church that I liked. And my parents went for going somewhere different, or I can't remember, but they weren't going there. So I went there, and like I go to the the church, and I'm sitting in the right back, but I'm, I think by myself, and like he does an altar call, and I feel the Holy Spirit kind of like let's make this right. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to do this because I know as soon as I leave here, I'm gonna go out and live the same lifestyle. Like I don't want to. I don't want to do this. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna live the same way. Nothing's gonna change. And, and then, like, so I'm sitting there re- having this wrestling kind of like myself. And you know, the he does a second altar call, and I'm like, I'm not going. That's funny. I'm not going up there. Yeah. And he does a third altar call. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, fine, like, you win. Yeah. I'll go. And so I went and I knelt down at the altar, and my life has never been the same since that day. Yeah. Like, he completely and totally changed me. And I was like, was I perfect overnight while also I didn't smoke or, like, have desires? No, I. No, but you were totally different, 100%. I remembered it. And I was, that's the part I feel, I think, worse about in all our friendship was when that happened you were so like you said you're an extreme person and it was a 180 flip and you were so extreme that way and going like like you said i mean it took a little bit before you quit smoking or anything but it was definitely 100 percent difference in your life and i remember not supporting it at all and like not not that i despise or anything i think it just totally confused me because i was because you were totally opposite and I was like, is this even genuine? Like, what's going on with him? Like, I remember thinking that, and I just was not there. That's the thing I regret the most, like, not actually supporting you in that. Like, I don't know. Well, I shouldn't say that. I definitely am. I, mean, I still tried to give you cigarettes and everything, get you a drink, anyway. Yeah, so. But, like, <laughs> I shouldn't say that I wasn't, like, the opposite of support. I basically was. But anyway, yeah. But it was, it was a totally different a definite change I remember that in your life yeah. and, but the next 10 days after that were the hardest days of my life and I, I probably mean some of the hardest days of my life like I was absolutely 100% miserable like and that sounds like you know like you were supposed to be happy happy dear joy and I'm like there's nothing wrong but there was but like I could literally hear the devil in my head like saying if you just come back to me I'll leave you alone because I was miserable like, if you just wow. come back to me, I'll leave you alone. Just come back to me, I'll leave you alone. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. Yeah. And after like 10 days, I remember like, every night I was in there, my back was crying, like, just miserable. Yeah. And I decided to hear the devil, like, saying that. And I was like, but by the grace of God, he empowered me to, to walk through it. Yeah. And I haven't been the same. Like, I've had my share of slip ups, and like, I wasn't perfected overnight, but like, my desire to do right was different. And yeah, um, so I mean, it's kind of like kind of the, the gist of, of what happened, you know. I was still hanging out with you because you're still my best friend, and yeah, but I mean, during that time, we didn't hang out. I remember that whenever you came back to God, which was it. That's what was like, I mean, that's that's why I feel so bad about it because that's like the thing that was sad. Because to your credit, you still tried, you tried really hard to hang out with me. And I was an absolutely miserable sinner still. And every time you'd come around, I'd try to give you cigarettes or give you a beer. Or, and you're trying to... Like, and then there were some times where you'd take one. 
Like, I remember you, yeah. there was like one or once or twice where you took a cigarette and then I got you smoking again. And it's like, oh, well, that, what a great friend I am. You know, you just quit. And then I started again. <laughs> so it's like, obviously you have to, you had to sever that tie for at least a season time being. Like, I mean, praise God, we're friends again now. Yeah, but, like, yeah, but I remember like during that time, I mean, I was just kept doing what I was doing and drinking and smoking and whatever. And, and so, yeah, you can't, yeah, you tried to be, to be, to be around me and be a friend to me, but it was like, it was just one, you know, it wasn't going to work. It had to have a split for a while. And it was, it was, it was like, I don't, I wasn't, it was hard at times because like you were my best friend and like, I, I loved you like a brother and I still yeah. love you like a brother, but it was like, and then like, I lost that in some ways because like yeah. and, and we weren't really going the same direction anymore like we were going yeah, different yeah. directions yeah it's a weird concept because I think a lot of sometimes people feel bad they don't know what to think about it because it's like you feel like you're you're doing a disservice to the person because you don't want to cut someone off but at the same time like you're not sometimes in those situations like you're not you're really not cutting someone off like I wouldn't say you cut me off ever like the door is always open. Like that's that's how you left it. The door is always open. But it was more like, but you can't. Yeah, you're going two opposite directions. You can't walk together. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's not like, True. it's not that. Yeah, it's not that you're cutting someone off in that sense. Like you don't care. Like oh, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm better than him. I can't. Like I'm not gonna hang out with someone. But when you're in total, like we have nothing in common at that point. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't. Like you're every everything hundred percent the Lord, and that was not my interest at all. But not that I should say it wasn't my interest at all. I guess like I mean I still thought I was a Christian. Like you know so that's, that's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, but uh, yeah, I don't know. So, but I don't know. It's, it's just weird because I I feel like people struggle with that, and I don't know if you struggle with that where you almost feel like you're being a bad person to kind of walk away from a friendship but you're not really but you're not doing that in a sense it's really a weird thing because you like I think I've had to when I came back to God I had to do that like I I didn't I guess I didn't have to do that it just happens mm-hmm. yeah because like even with with Michael well he came because I remember that like he when I came back to God I was like 100% like come like you like I just was like if I had the TV on it was usually a teaching tape or something and then Michael came to see me one time and just to hang out like we just hang out and it's like I'm just and it wasn't like I told him not to come or anything but he didn't come back and visit for a while after that because it's just that's what I'm doing he's not doing that like yeah it's just I think it's that total opposite of interest and so it wasn't like oh hey I cut you off I'm not your friend anymore it was just kind of like well we don't didn't have anything in common at that point basically yeah and it's it's crazy like I, love, I mean because like i said like i mean when i when i first when i when i came to him like i was smoking i was drinking like yeah there was like all that like i didn't care about anything like that was, that's who i did i was i lived that life that's just what i did like mm-hmm. smoking two or three packs of cigarettes a day and like drinking and like cussing and like listening yeah. to all kinds of music and watching whatever i wanted to watch and like you name it i was doing it probably um but like the Holy Spirit is like he's so good because he like he longs to bring us into conformity to Jesus. 
Yeah. And so there'd be things like, oh, somebody doing something, it was like, that's gotta go. And then I'd wrestle with it for a while. Like, yeah. And they were like, when I first came, when I went to Atlanta, like, I got big into rap, hip hop and rap. And so I came back and I was in, like, Little Wayne, like, T.I., guys like that, like, F this and all these different stuff. And, like, the host friends, like, that's not, you can't listen to that. Like, but what am I listening to then? Yeah. Like, this is my, I, gotta, I gotta like music. I have some of this little Yeah. And so I praise God because God worked, like, I, I found um, these things called Sermon Jams. I was like, I love them. I love Sermon Jams. I haven't even heard of that. They're like on they're, they're on YouTube. Like they're pretty cool. They're like they take like clips of sermons and put yeah. music behind them. Oh, okay. and it becomes like a I don't know it's rap sort of beautiful. rap or yeah. all kinds of music. That's they're really powerful. good, powerful. I like them. That's cool. Um, but like it was it was one it was John Piper, and um, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear those. But uh, and. Uh, there was a song in the background. I was like, man, I like that song. Who's that? And like, I it was, it was like a Christian rapper. And I was like, oh, there's Christian rappers out there? I don't know it's Christian rappers. Yeah. And so I started listening to that. And like, it gave me Don't something. be Mac, man. <laughs> what do you mean? You grew up on that. That's true. <laughs> DC talk. He's got the Mac and got no slack. Yeah. DC track that's Jack. Yeah. I was like, give me something else. Yeah, yeah. But he was slowly beginning to like pick things out. You can't do that's not right. Yeah. You can't do that's not right. Yeah, he leads us one, one by one. Like uh, Mike put it a good a good way. Um, he said he likes to think of it as like God deals you cards. Like each person, you can't really look at another Christian and say, well, they're doing this. You know, they can't really be a Christian or this or that or why are they doing this? Because Mike said, well, God might not have dealt him that card yet. Because like he said, he seemed. You know, like, oh, well, you're having sex with your girlfriend and you're smoking. Well, God might deal you the stop having sex with your girlfriend card and then then wait and then give you the no smoking card later. Or he might, or this other guy, he might give him the no, most, no smoking card first and then give him the... Yeah. Card. Yeah, so it's like... But yeah, yeah, he takes you step by step like a child. Yeah, there was yeah. a purification process and it was like... I was almost kind of like back to where I was when I came back from Africa. Like, I was fired up and like a new guy kept on every aspect of my life. Yeah. But this time I was like, I was ready. I had, I've been to this precipice before, back in like, I think like six years earlier. I've been to that precipice before. And before I was scared to jump. Yeah. Because I thought how much it would cost. Yeah. And, that, and I believe that. Like Jesus said, count the cost. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so it was like, I counted the cost. And it, at that moment, like, it just, it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And I got the Christmas this time, and it was like it's worth it. Like I've experienced, yeah. I've experienced everything life has to offer. Yeah. Like, without him, and it's nothing. It's stupid. Yeah. Like, there's, without Jesus, like, and He's given me everything I could want, man. Yeah. Like, Do you know Wes Seepin? Who? Wes Seepin. I know the name for some reason. He, he plays music and stuff. He's got a song. Man, I fell in love with it when I heard him play it. He says the chorus of it or the main part says. I've tried all that this world has to offer and it left me wanting more or some, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And it was that way, man. I'm like... Yeah. And the cost, count the cost. It's like, what does it cost? It costs everything. Mm-hmm. It does. But what you get in return is so, so far greater. Yeah, yeah. Than, than what it costs. Yeah. And it's like, if only like we could, if people could see how much it's worth it, like, yeah, okay, yeah, like he gets to be the boss. Yeah, yeah. Like he gets to, like he gets to tell you what to do, but like everything he wants you to do is amazing, and it leads to so much life. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's the only life. Like that's the true life. Like the only things that are valuable in this life are is things that transcend time, like and joy, love, people, you know, souls. Those, you know, all the material things that doesn't transcend time. You can't take that with you out of here. 
when your time's up, that's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so what do you think about that, though? This is kind of getting a little bit off of, like, I wanted to redirect it after this back to your yeah, testimony, course, yeah. back to your testimony or whatever, but that, um, I've had that thought, too, like, the, the people that are lost or the, the, the generation that's coming up, um, the gospel they need to hear, I feel like there's been a lack of a true gospel in that it, it hasn't been presented with that calling of, you know, there's... You got you have a cross also, mm-hmm. like it's kind of just a prayer. Like Jesus will say, "Hey, go! You can keep doing what you're doing." You know, His blood covers everything. Greasy grace message, sort of thing. Whereas it's like no, um, the gospel comes at a cost, you know, and it costs your life. And but what do you? I guess what I want to ask is, what do you think about that concept? Because I feel like that's desirable, and I feel like people kind of. I don't know. I, I I wonder if people really in their heart, in the deep depths of their heart, want that. Want to present, be presented with that gospel. Like, like you lay it all down. Like, you leave your life and take up your cross and you follow him. I guess just because I think about it, I'm like, everybody, like, because people kind of want something to die for. I can see that. Yeah. But maybe, but I don't know that they know that it's worth dying for. Um... I don't know. But that's the other thing, too, is you're dying for something. Like, I, and I don't know if other people know that, but you're dying for something. Because the moment you take a breath, like, what, do you, what does every baby start doing? It starts dying. And so whatever you're living for, you're dying for. That's, that's deep, man. It's awesome. But it's... So, uh, and maybe... I don't know. I just kind of feel like if, that, if the gospel might be presented to people in that way of really, like, laying down your life, for Christ, I don't know that it would be shied away from that more. I feel like more people would almost take to it. Do you think so or no? I feel like um, the gospel. I think you're right. I, mean, I think the gospel hasn't watered down. It's been watered, yeah. it's been watered down to draw a response. Yeah. Without actually producing the fruit. Yeah. Um, because you are right. There is a cross. There's a cross involved. Like, yeah. and it's yours. Yeah. You accept his, then you take yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the only way you get. It's the only, like, everything the gospel promises, you only get, you only get it if you take your cross. Yeah. Like, but what the gospel offers is amazing. Yeah. But we also, we also fail to um, really explain what the f- gospel really gives us. Like, we've made the gospel to be like, you you get forgiven of your sins, and then you go to heaven. Yeah. And that's going to be awesome. Your life could be awesome if you get to heaven. Like, but so we get people, like, focused on, like, getting to heaven. Like, yeah. the good life is when I get to heaven. But, like, you can have the good life now. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can have it now. Like, the joy and peace you're looking for, like... You can have it right now. You don't have to wait. Yeah, you kingdom can have of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I feel like what we kind of do is like there's John's baptism was, and I, I say it this way. I, 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 is John's baptism which makes us sin conscious? Because John's baptism is all about sin and, 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 and repenting of it. Yeah, repentance. Like, and so we get people focused on their sin. Like, we make people sin conscious. Yeah. Like, focus on your sin. What you're not supposed to do. And that's where you live from. But yeah. Jesus' baptism is about power. 
Because he baptized with the Holy Spirit with power. Yeah. And so there's two baptisms. Mm-hmm. But if we don't teach him about the second baptism of the Holy Spirit, which comes after you take the cross, yeah. you make them sin conscious, not spirit conscious. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And that's really good. Like, you got to have man, that's the good. Spirit, man. Like, it's all about the Spirit. Like, that was promised to us, the yeah. Spirit. And it empowers us to live the life that he called us to live, and it empowers us to be able to do it. Yeah, and that's yeah. grace. To that's possess grace. It. Yeah. Grace is his empowerment to actually... But, like, I learned from playing golf, like... like That's good. That when, when you're playing golf, like, they put all these different dangers on the, on the, the, on the holy room. Like, there's sand trap here and a water oh, trap here. Trap. And the wood's here. And, like, it's so... If you're... There's I, a Nazi years. Exactly. Nazi <laughs> here. You know, don't look out for that Nazi. I'm looking out for the... the, the Taliban behind this tree. Yeah, Get exactly. your golf ball. Exactly. Look out for that guy. Look out for the rabbit raccoon over here. Like, yeah. Keep people... No, but like, you look at this stuff and it's like, you're so focused on not putting the ball there. That's exactly where you put the ball because your mind's focused there. That's where your mind's focused. Yeah. And it's the same way with the, like, with the spiritual walk. Like, if we're so focused on, on not committing sin that, like... That's exactly what we're going to do. Because we're, fo- we're focused on sin, not on Jesus. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, see, we're no longer focused on our sin because he already dealt with that. Then we're walking. He said, if you walk according to the Spirit, you, mor- you mortify the deeds of the flesh. Yeah. But if you live according to the flesh, you gratify its desires and reach death. And so I feel like I'm going back to the Holy Spirit because that's just where I'm at now. I love the Holy Spirit right now. Like, I love them all, but like I'm learning more about him. It's like, I remember, like, not so long after I had come back, like, I, my da- I went with my dad to Florida, and there was nothing to do there in my grandma's house, so I would, like, read and walk and pray. And I'm reading and I'm praying, and, like, I remember, like, God was, like, talking to me, like, this, like, this is what the devil wants you. You must be so focused internally that you're not focused out there. You're so focused on your internal struggle with your battle of sin that, like, that's where you're focused at. You're not focusing out there on what's yeah. out there and what I did. Yeah. And so it was like, I really didn't understand what it meant, like, to fix your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Because when we're focused on Him, like, I'm not worried about the sin because He already dealt with it. And yeah. I'm focused on the Spirit. I'm living according to the Spirit. And it's simple enough. If I live according to the Spirit, I don't gratify the, disease, the deeds of the flesh. Yeah. Because I don't do it. Because I'm yeah. focused on Him. Yeah. And so it was like, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And we got to have Him. But yeah. Like, and I look at it, and there's two baptisms. Like, it's possible to be part of the body and not have the Holy Spirit. I, I mean, some people disagree with me. That's fine. Disagree with yeah. me. I don't care. But like, you look, read in Acts and like, Philip had gone to Ephesus. I think it was Ephesus. And he's preaching the gospel there and people are like, and then the, the, the Peter hears about it. Peter and John hear about it. They send Peter and John down there and they're like, who are you baptizing to? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're like, that, into John's baptism. What about the Holy Spirit? We didn't even know there was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But, but the Bible called them disciples. Yeah. So I feel like it is possibly part of the body and like not be baptized in the Holy Spirit and not have the power required. Yeah. Like, that's just how I feel about it. Like, and then you read in, later on people, the Holy Spirit falls on them and then they get baptized into the water. Yeah. And the so Holy I, Spirit's so important, yeah. Yeah, and so I don't know. I just, I feel like, like back to the gospel again. Just, I feel like... If we if we only leave it to the point where like it's a ticket out of heaven out of ticket out of hell, or and we preach the gospels like you're a sinner and like you are a sinner and it's important to know that you you that's your identity and your flesh is that you're a sinner, but then we don't teach them about their new identity. 
yeah. about who they are in Christ and about like yeah it doesn't but then all they're gonna know think about is their their walk is gonna consist of thinking about getting to heaven and thinking about did I sin today did, yeah. I, did I do bad today or did I do good today yeah. and it that just leads them back into a place of self righteousness because then they're still focused on they're still focused on what they're doing yeah and your and works yeah and your workspace works yeah and the Bible says to fix your eyes on Jesus yeah and about what he did yeah and so that's righteousness the right the, the righteousness lived by faith yeah yeah. I'm understanding that's the really good. Lord, it's the power of God and salvation for everyone who believes. Yeah, yeah. Stay focused on Him. I like that analogy with the the golf thing too, and all the traps. But you just focused on the one the one thing. As soon as you said that, it made me think of this verse because I thought of it a, a while back. I read over it and I was like, that's interesting. And I mean, it's Psalm twenty five verse fifteen, and it says, "My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for He shall pluck my feet out of the net." And I just remember when that I read that I was like, so if my eyes are focused on him, like I'm not even looking for the net, you know, but he'll make me dodge the net as long as I keep my eyes on him. Like you're not even it's like you don't even have an awareness of all the traps around you with the with the golf ball. You're just looking towards the one thing, and you'll miss all the other stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That's man. That everything you said is just really good, though. Yeah. And the two baptisms and stuff. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is key, and the relationship you get with God too is—that's eternal life. Yeah, it's not about going to heaven. It's about man. You get to have a relationship with God Almighty. Yeah, the cre- yeah, the Creator of heaven and earth. Yeah. And then you start reading like all the things that the Holy Spirit does. Like I reason in Romans, it talks about the love of God is poured out into your hearts. By the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So it's like, you want love? Like, the Holy Spirit, like, he's, 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 the, he's there, and that's how God's going to use... You want to know God's love? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, you want power? Like, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You want sanctification? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like, you want help? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. You want comfort? The Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's like, that's... Jesus went to heaven... To give you that, but we yeah. want to leave it on the shelf. Yeah, and like, and that's it's just like you're missing. You're like, you're if you leave the Holy Spirit on the shelf, what Jesus did for you is, is in some ways it's still in vain because you've 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 you accepted the fact that you're a sinner and you acknowledge that He died for you, but then you're neglecting the fact that He left you somebody so you can live the life He called. He's now calling you to live. Yeah, man. That's powerful. Preach it. <laughs> I have a question for yeah. you, though, too, about your testimony. So, you said you got saved at six. Mm-hmm. Then I also heard you say um, before one time, like, that you got, just got saved a few years ago, basically. What, when did you come? What, do you remember that you got saved the second time? Second saved? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that could happen. Okay, I, I remember... I remember the... I didn't remember 2000. Or how old you were the second time, I guess, when you when you said you went down, they did a third altar. Yeah, uh, yes, I was, uh, it was 2000, August 2008, so I'd been uh, yeah. 22, I'd been almost 22. So, like, the kind of backs, I guess you backslid because, like... Well, here's a good point Mike actually made. I never thought about this before, too, though, is he said he thinks you could still, positionally, is what he was trying to say. He said you can think, I know this probably is not... 
according to our terminology of backslidden. But I guess if you're looking at the position of it, he was saying, I think you can be backslidden and still be a Christian if you're like sliding backwards, I guess. So you're still facing God, but you're losing your footing, you're sliding down. But like when we normally say backsliding and like you're saying, you kind of turn your back to God in a sense. We're like, Mm -hmm. I'm going this way. I know you're I'm going after this stuff. So uh, it's a good question. During that time though, do you think you were unsaved? Or that I wrestle with that. I do too. Because like, I can't, I can't deny that when I was six, I was filled with the Holy Ghost and I was praying in tongues. Yeah. And like, I feel like if I'm doing that, then I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, that means my temple's been cleansed. And if my temple's been cleansed, that means Jesus has already done his work. Yeah. But then at the same time, then I look at my life, like, from like, especially like 18 to like 20, whatever it was, 20 something. Yeah. Like, you know when, I don't know why I just thought of this. You know when Israel got into sin and stuff, and Ezekiel that talks about before they get destroyed by Babylon talks about God leaving the temple. And if the temple's your body, I don't know. I just, I don't know why that popped into my head. No, I've never point, really right? thought about that, though. But, uh, sorry, you were saying, though, I, I mean, I feel the same way. Like, I struggle with that question because I'm like, but anyway, go back to that, though. So you were six. You can't deny that. I can't deny that with the Holy Spirit. Like, I know it's yeah. strange. I'm like, my, I had a... I, I, I got saved like a five or six. I can't remember um, exactly. But my teacher, um, I can't remember her name now. She moved away. It was a new life. Um, and I remember like she asked me if I wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit and all that stuff. And I, was, I think I was the only one to raise my hand. like, yeah, I do. And so she laid her hand on me. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm praying in tongues. Mm-hmm. And like, wow. so I can't deny that happened to me. Yeah. Like, that's real. But then I, can't, I also can't deny the fact that like, Five or six years of my life, my life, my life looked nothing like what a Christian's life should look like. Yeah. And so it becomes confusing because, like... And then the radical change, too. Yeah. You go down to the altar and repent and the radical change. And so it's like, I don't... You know, I know they're going to believe that once saved, always saved. And then, like... Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I, don't, I definitely don't believe I don't, that, actually. I, I don't think <laughs> I disagree with that, but I, I do in some ways believe that, like... I believe when you're truly saved, you'll be saved because, like, you can't come into contact with something so big and so great and so amazing and not be changed. If you're not changed, you didn't experience it. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. But at the yeah. same time, like, I look at my own testimony, it's like, I know that, like, what happened when I was a kid was real. Yeah. I experienced him. Not just the other six, but I experienced him throughout most of my life. I experienced him. Yeah. And so I don't know. But then there's also that verse that says, he is faithful even when we are faithless because he can't deny himself. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. and so it's like, if he, maybe like he, because I'm his, I can't deny Libby's my child. She's my child. I can't deny it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't ever want to, I can deny it. Yeah. Because she looks like me. Even if she's living in complete and total sin. She's mine, right? Yeah. Because she's mine. And I, I would fight Very for good her. Point, yeah. I'd fight for her. So, yeah. and someone's look at that and I feel like there are people who have what they experienced was real. Like, totally real. They really experienced Jesus and they really meant to do well. Mm-hmm. And they came off the track. And I feel like those people, God will fight for them. Like, yeah. he fights for everyone, but like, that's his, I feel like. So, it, I don't know, it becomes, I don't mean, that's not really a good answer. I kind of... No, I mean, I, I, well, I mean, I, 
resonate with that. I yeah, I don't know if it's it's not a definite yes or no answer. I don't know. It's kind of a weird question, though. I guess because I mean, like like I said, I I feel the same way. I it's weird because I don't want to say I was saved during those years because I like you said my life looked nothing like Christ at all. So it's like I don't want to say yeah I was a Christian because I wasn't it because I wasn't following him like I wasn't I wasn't Christ like in any sense but at the same time it's like I don't know that's weird because it's like obviously he was still pursuing you he was still pursuing me and all that um, but it's like you don't it's a very very scary thought to think what if I would have died in those years because I'm like I don't know where I'd be well I yeah I, like I was um, the conference last weekend uh, the speaker Monday Martin he was talking about like he experienced God like as a, I think he was like 15 or 16 years old he experienced God and he got saved but then he got into college and stuff and he started living like a hell of a like living the, the sinful lifestyle yeah and he said like he went to like sleep one night and God took, brought him to a vision and showed him that he was going to hell yeah like he brought him into the the, the the gates and it stood before the Lord for judgment and they said sorry you didn't make it yeah and then he was let, let off his door and he was staring at the abyss and they led him into the abyss and he was like crying out to God like God please please like just give me one more chance like you, you make another shot at this yeah and so like he said like they left him there and also like an angel came and grabbed him or whatever and brought him back and like um they, they let him back and he got no chance at it but he's like he said God had showed him where he, was, where he would go if he died yeah and so I don't know I mean I, yeah. I, I don't know because like in the verse it talks about like murderers or homosexuals or fornicators should not inherit the kingdom of God yeah I kind of have a different perspective on that than I think I've ever heard it preached I just kind of I don't always I don't like, that. I like doing that um but that that specific verse um but um and the ones that come to mind too the other verses are like trampling the blood of the son of God underfoot and stuff um, counting it a common thing like man that's that's scary scripture when you read that I think that's what I was doing in that whole greasy grace message the hyper grace message like you know it, where grace is presented as mercy and it's not the same thing grace is a divine empowerment to help you overcome sin like Jesus Jesus was full of grace and truth. It's like why was you know grace is just a cover all for your sin, and why was why did Jesus have it? Because he was sinless, you know. So it's like it's God's divine empowerment, and so but like it's been presented as you can just pray a prayer and keep doing what you're doing, and yeah, nothing matters. So I think I was living that lifestyle with that perspective and just counting his blood, basically his sacrifice, common. And it says those who will go on and willfully sin, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. Like, so I think in in that context, I think I would have probably gone to hell because of that. And like that other guy said in his testimony, because you kind of are just willfully sinning. Like I know what's right and I know what's wrong and I'll just choose to do what's wrong, do it my own way. And that's just total, that's just rebellion. That's not doing something in ignorance. Um, I don't know, but it is really hard though, because I don't necessarily want to say that I wasn't saved. But 
I guess maybe a better way to put it is like maybe I was unsaved and I was on a path to hell and I was going to hell but he was still mindful of me she's like he was and he's still pursuing me the, the weird thing too though is like you said the, the relationship aspect of it like a son of God it made me think about the prodigal son right that story where it, you know it's he has two sons is the prodigal son goes off and lives a sinful lifestyle or whatever um so it's like you kind of think in your head well he's still a son he's just out living in the, the crud basically in his own sin and everything but then when he comes back to the dad the dad says and this is what i thought was really sobering to me is he said my son was lost and is found again he was dead and is alive again that's what's kind of weird to me i'm like so he's still a son but the father even said he was dead it's like he was dead in his sin basically and that's kind of scary and i don't know how to think about that too he's like well he's just still a son but it's like well he's just dead like, i don't know yeah so i don't know it's weird i guess i just would not want to say i wasn't saved because especially in that sense like i don't Flattery is just a big devil, man. And so to tell someone they're okay when they're not okay, if I if someone was living like I was living, or like, oh, it's, it's all right, I can just keep living in sin, I'd be like, no, you need to get that straightened out. Because I don't think to flatter someone and tell them they're they're okay when they're really not, it's just kind of paving their pathway to hell. Because that's not love. Yeah. I mean, like you would sue a doctor for malpractice. Yeah. If you walked in. And you had cancer, and he didn't want to hurt your feelings. <laughs> so he's like, no. <laughs> uh, you're, I don't know why you're experiencing all these different pains, but like, yeah. you, don't, you, don't, you don't have cancer, you're fine. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. You'll be fine. And, like, you, and then like, you die like, a week later, and it's like, mm-hmm. you had cancer, you had cancer. Why do you tell me I had cancer? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, there is that, but there's also like, in his kindness leading us to repentance and so it's like yeah see here's a funny thing too people always quote that verse and there's another one I kind of feel a little different about they say the goodness of God leads men to repentance and I'm like and like just the people's concept of his goodness I'm like there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says man does not it basically says man doesn't know what's good for him it says who knows what is good for a man in life all the days of his vain life would pass like a shadow under his sun and then there's a verse in Psalm where uh, obviously, uh, okay, so let's take your daughter, for example. If you're going to correct her, you want to use words, right? Yeah, and then hopefully she'll just obey what you say. And it's like, well, if she doesn't, she gets a spanking, right? But the spanking's still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Christians don't want to see that. And it's like, there's a verse in Psalm and it says, it, it was good for me that I was afflicted. That I may learn your basically your commandments and your statutes and your mm-hmm. testimony and stuff. And so, like, I know personally, for me, like, in my own testimony, when I, you know, I was living like that, and then I had that pain, that extreme pain. And I'm like, I basically know what it was now. It was just some devil tormenting me. Like, it was just a, the worst. It was a torture. Like, it was literally torture. I wished for death, and death would not come. Like, I would have rather died than dealt with that pain because it was that extreme and that painful. And it's like, but it was good for me that I had been afflicted. Because if I hadn't had that pain, I wouldn't have, I don't know that I would have came back to God. Mm-hmm. 
like it ended up causing ultimately in the end after dealing with it for way too long way too long <laughs> I think I would have came to my senses sooner like then you know then it's like but it, I came back to God and it's like well that's his goodness it drew me to repentance whatever gets you to repentance like mm-hmm. deliver this one up to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit might be saved you know that he'll come to repentance it's like well is, is the destruction of the flesh goodness in most scenarios I would say no but if it gets someone to repent then yeah it's goodness and that's like well, I'll come back to the Holy Spirit again because it's like that's you gotta know you gotta know that because like he will lead you into all truth yeah but like we sometimes I feel like we call things that are bad good yeah and some yeah. things that are good we call them bad yeah it's like and I'm not uh, they, uh, I do want to clarify that I'm not saying like I'm not saying that sickness is a good thing or right cancer, or cancer is a good thing or anything like that but yeah but like but what you're saying like if it's it's it if that's what it took to get your dependence yeah then it was good yeah yeah and like he knows what he's doing yeah he knows yes. like because a recent like I had a situation like it was the a couple weeks ago um, I was getting ready to leave work and I saw this guy and God kind of highlighted for me he was walking past my work and like it's like I was supposed to go go to him and so I'm like okay he's walking and by the time like I got my car and everything he was good good ways from me I get my heart and I, I kind of chase him down and he's walking and he's like did you follow me from back there man and I was like yeah do you need to ride you and he's like yeah let's take a ride and so like again my, I get, you know, I get in the car and he's like hey I'm just going to gas station you right now make sure I'll give you a ride to the gas station it's no problem so I get there and um He's like sitting in the car and like we're just talking and he's like talking about like how women are the worst or whatever and like his kids driving crazy or whatever and it's like you know it's, I don't I didn't feel like I should address that stuff. I just like Yeah. And he's like, You know what I mean? And I was like, No, I don't know what you mean, I have a maiden life, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, but I was like it's like God said in my heart, like take care of him whatever he needs. Yeah. And like Okay. So we get the gas station and I'm like, hey man, like, you need some food or anything? And he was like, um, yeah, maybe man, but like, can you like buy me some cigarettes? I was like, no, I can't buy you cigarettes. I'm not gonna buy you cigarettes, man, but like, if you need some food or something, so he's like, he goes and buys the cigarettes and goes back in. I was like, so you, what do you want? Like, you want some fast food or like whatever? He's like, no, I don't care, man. I was like, well, just tell me what you want. Like, is it better for you? Because I like his, what's his girlfriend or fiance or whatever, was back at the little motel. And I was like, would you want me to get you food or you want to get fast food? Something you want. He's like, which would be more helpful? He's like, the grocery store. Like, okay, so let's go to the grocery store. So you go to the grocery store and I'm like, dude, whatever you want, you, you get. I, yeah. I'll grab the cart and like, what is, whatever you want, you see it, you throw in the cart. I don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And he's kind of like, man, why are you doing this? And I was like, I'm just being a being, man. Like, I'm just told that the Father in Heaven like, wants to take care of you. And he told me to get you whatever you needed. Yeah. So I'm not spending my money. I'm spending your money. I'm spending his money. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. So we go through and like we get a cart full, and, and like we go back, and like he's like, so I pull into it's kind of diplomat, which is that's a ministry in itself. Diplomat, like it's, they hurt people off. They it, it's so expensive to live there. It's a one bedroom oh, motel room with a bathroom, and it's like two hundred and twenty five dollars a week. 
So they're paying like eleven hundred dollars, like a thousand dollars a month to live there. Damn. That's more than I pay for a mortgage. Yeah. For a house with a yard. Yeah. They get one bedroom and a bathroom. Damn. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And anyway, so I go back and like I get out and his girlfriend comes out and like I go up and I help him carry groceries in and like she's like crying cry like why are you and I was like I just felt like because I'm just being obedient like, I'm supposed to do this. Um, and so you don't understand, like, I was just sitting in this window crying, like, telling God I need a miracle. And wow. here you are. And wow. I was like, man, it's amazing. And I'm like, started talking to her, and she never accepted Christ as her Savior. Wow. And like, ended up like leading her to Christ and like praying. Dude, she's so, I haven't led anybody to Christ. I'm so jealous. Dude, it's, it's an amazing <laughs> experience. And I'm like, you know, you're like, you need the Holy Spirit though. So like, do you, yeah. do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? And she's like, yeah. yeah, I do. And so I prayed for her and she received the Holy Spirit. Like, she's like, it's like, she's like, never like, she was just, and it's not about me, but what I'm saying is like, in that moment, that was the kindness they needed. Yeah. That led them to her group and say he he was like he sort of wanted to, still wanted to wait and that's that's on him. Yeah. But like that was the kindness she needed. Yeah. But like I needed all my money to be taken from me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To be completely miserable in my car drinking alone. That's what I needed. Yeah. And you needed like pain, like to like wake you up, like. Yeah. And yeah. other people, my brother needed two and a half years in jail. Mm-hmm. And like that's the beautiful thing about God is He knows what you need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really good, man. Man, that's really good. Yeah, and to not negate someone's testimony either, in that sense of like, like I don't know. It's weird. Like, no matter there are some people that are so dogmatic one way about where they would say pain, you know, never from God, never, never, never from God. But it's like you can't take that from me. Like, no one can tell me like I lived it. You know, and I know it was. I mean, it, it's there's a difference for something being from God and of God too. I think, and so it's like, like um, like when Saul in the Bible it says there is a distressing spirit or evil spirit from the Lord. It's like it didn't say of the Lord, but that's a good point. From yeah, so I kind of, that's how I kind of feel about the pain, like it being a devil and stuff, and this this pain that would just be so excruciating that it would come and go like that is it was like from God like a messenger of Satan or yeah a messenger that God sent like to you know but to yeah it brought me to repentance and like you said whatever anybody needs is it's weird too it's like sometimes you gotta pray those hard prayers too that people you don't want to pray. You always want to pray, like, goodness over somebody, but it's like, yeah, well, what's your... Con-? Like you just said, like, you don't know what people need and what's... And maybe to pray from that, that mindset, too, is, like, I can pray goodness over someone and just not have a preconceived notion about what goodness is going to look like, but it's going to bring them back to God, whatever it is. Um, there's this guy, it's always stuck with me. There's this guy who was in a men's group one time, and he, uh, he... He was mentioned his daughter and how she was just living in sin, kind of like I, like we, like it's basically like we were doing. She just kind of turned her back on the Lord for a time, and and I told, I like briefly mentioned what had happened to me and how I had that pain and everything, and and I was like, but then, and he wanted me to pray for her, and I was like, I was like, well, I don't necessarily want to pray that she's gonna have pain, but then like immediately when I said that, he was like, he just looked at me, and man, I just cannot. 
it's impacted me so much just the look in his eyes it was like this desperation of a father and he's like I don't care whatever it takes but it was just the look in his eyes too it was just like like he didn't care what I prayed over as long as it, he knew her soul would be saved like he did not it was I don't know man that, I don't know why that just stuck with me so much and I think it always will it's just that love of the father was like I don't care like I, this this is first and foremost is her salvation and everything else is just it doesn't matter like yeah I get yeah it's I mean obviously I didn't pray oh the Lord sent her a pain demon or something like, you know, I don't know like, but it was kind of I don't know but that I think that's a good that always stuck out to me and the just that being that willingness of being able to pray the hard prayers too in those times of being like God just like your mom prayed even make him miserable in his sin it's like yeah I don't know those aren't those aren't prayers you really want to pray or you wouldn't think you'd want to pray over someone you love or over your children but it's like that is a loving prayer it's from the depths of someone's love to pray that to pray that prayer yeah